This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and thanks for joining us today. I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist, and today I'm going to be talking about lameness, osteoarthritis, rehab, and what we can do about it. We'll be right back after these messages. Are you listening to this right now with a cell phone clenched between your teeth as you frantically flip pages on your paper calendars? Or are you a new breed of groomer, bred for speed and efficiency of movement? 123 Pet Software automates your communications, doing the reminding, confirming, thanking, and marketing for you. 123 Pet centralizes your schedule, employees, clients, inventory, and more. 123 Pet is the business management software you need. Start minding your business today. Visit 123petsoftware.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, I'm really honored to have Dr. Matt Brunke on with us. He is a diplomat in sports medicine and he's a rehabilitation specialist. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, just so our pet owner audience knows a little bit about you, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background about who you are, where you trained, where you practice now, and how you got into rehab in sports medicine? Oh, for sure. I was born and raised in New York City and actually started working in a veterinary practice when I was 14. So I got the calling early. And after doing my undergraduate work at Cornell, I had the privilege of attending Ross University down the Caribbean for my veterinary training uh, with my clinical year at Purdue University, graduating in 2004. And weirdly enough, growing up as a city boy, I was actually within spitting distance of Belmont Racetrack. So my first job out of school was mixed animal practice. And in there, I learned a lot more about sports medicine and rehab because it was so much more prevalent on the horse side. I took that and, and worked in general practice for about a decade before going back and learning more in orthopedic surgery and rehab through certification programs. And then going back and doing my residency in 2014 for the American College of Veterinary Sports Medicine and Rehab. Now I'm lucky I practice in the Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia area at Veterinary Surgical Center's Rehab in Vienna. Well, thank you so much. Now, what I wanted to talk to you about today is obviously osteoarthritis, lameness, and rehab, so important, especially in our growing geriatric pet population. And I will say, being that we've all been indoors for the past couple of months with COVID-19, with this pandemic, a lot of pet parents have had a lot more free time. I'm seeing my neighbors walk their dogs more frequently. I'm seeing neighbors who I didn't even know had dogs walk their dogs. But all of this has been probably good for older dogs to get outside. But are all these older dogs ready for these extra walks? And what are signs of potential osteoarthritis or pain that we should be looking for as pet owners? And that's really important because, you know, we take for granted these are our kids, our fur kids, but they don't always speak 
directly to us. We have to learn how to listen a bit. You know, walking is always good. Getting out and doing stuff is important, but it's really important to gradually get into that. So if they haven't been out walking, you really can't take them for that hour long walk the first time. Your, your older dog may not really be able to hold up to it, let alone as we now get into the summertime part of the year, we have to be aware of things like heat stroke and damage to them from their paws if they're on hot surfaces. So what I recommend for all these dogs that have a little more of their parents around is to go and do things in small doses. So get up from your laptop every hour, get up off the couch from your Netflix binge and take your dog for a five minute walk through the yard. If it's an older dog, you don't have to go out and immediately go to that hour long walk. They probably can't honestly handle it. Things that you know they may be looking for can be tough. Dogs sometimes will just blatantly hold up a leg and go, hey, this hurts. But a lot of times they will do some nondescript things. They'll lay down in the middle of a walk. Some dogs will just turn around and head for home and be blatantly telling you that it's time that they're done. But a lot of them will just start to shuffle, drag behind at the end of the leash, and really just kind of give you some clues that maybe this isn't what they're really ready to do at this point. Our audience knows nothing is wrong with Netflix binges. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Even a short walk, dogs really appreciate. Now, you probably see this all the time. I will say that based on a recent study where I practice in Minnesota, we topped the top three most obese states when it comes to dogs and cats. And with the obesity epidemic that we're actually seeing, what are you seeing in the rehab world and what can we do to help that or prevent that? We have to do our best on this because it is an epidemic just as, as important on the human side. Um, there was actually a study that came out the end of last year that showed that two out of three dogs and two out of three cats in the U.S. qualify as obese, which means that they weigh at least 20% more than they should. And you go, well, is that really important? You know, we kind of understand that it is, but they actually did another study that looked at over 50,000 dogs and they compared them and said, are you overweight or are you at what would be considered an ideal body condition? And they found that when they broke that down by breed and by sex of dog, that all of the obese dogs on average lived significantly less than their lean body counterparts. And it wasn't a matter of days. In our large breeds like German Shepherds and Labradors and Goldens, we were looking at nine to 12 months less of lifespan if they were overweight. And the small breeds like Yorkies, Chihuahuas, and Dachshunds were averaging two and a half years less if they were overweight. And that's a critical amount of time with our kids. You know, we want them to live long, healthy lives. So while they're indoors more now, you know, if they're not getting out and getting regular exercise, working with your veterinarian to come up with a plan on where they should be with their diet, you know, are they eating the right amount of food? Are they catching too many calories from treats and handouts from the table? And remember, too, that most of the backs of bags of dog food are designed for animals that still have their sexual organs. And the day a dog or cat is spayed or neutered, their caloric requirements drop by 25 to 33%. So if the back of the bag says for that big dog, four cups, no, that's more likely three cups is what they need. And so if we work within those categories, we can do a lot. They can lose weight. You know, big dogs can lose about a pound a week and they can really get down quickly, but we can do it safely. And that's what's really important to get our pets living both a long life, but also a comfortable and happy one. 
I can't tell you how much I agree with you. And just in case you missed it, your dog can live one year longer just by you keeping it and preventing that obese state. And it's a really hard talk to have with a pet owner and say your dog's obese. You know, it's uncomfortable for everyone, but it's so important for your dog and cat's health. As an emergency specialist, I see so much strain on the body when it comes to being overweight. It strains the lungs. It adds more burden and work on the heart, on the joints. So, so many problems that can be prevented unless you want to pay thousands of dollars treating your cat for diabetes. It's more cost effective to help them slowly lose weight. So when in doubt, please work with your veterinarian on this. I get really frustrated because I see young veterinarians or veterinary students who are graduating who look at a pet and they say, yep, that's a normal body condition score or what we call a BCS, when in actuality, that pet is obese. And they're just so used to seeing overweight pets. When in doubt, you can always look at the Purina body condition score. They have a great outline of what a pet should look like from the top and from the side. And you can ask your vet and say, what's my pet's body condition score? We want it to be ideal. So when in doubt, majority of pet owners out there can feed at least 10 to 20% less than what they're feeding now. Now, again, in the ER, I see a lot of dogs less commonly cats, come in for acute lameness. All of a sudden they're limping or they can't walk or they just had orthopedic surgery or they just had a neurologic injury like they hurt their back or they have a herniated disc. Now, Matt, is there anything that a pet owner can do at home? Absolutely, they can. You know, it, these are a little bit tougher, but they can. And, and just being comfortable getting around your pet and trying to figure out, is this something that you have to get into the ER right away about? Or is it something you might be able to check in with your primary care, either through an actual office visit, or some clinics are now doing telemedicine visits as well, which we can chat about. But I look for simple things first. Did they break a nail? Do you see blood? You know, did they step on a piece of glass? Or if they were out on really hot pavement, did they blister their paw pads? So being really gentle, just trying to get an idea real quick. And if you're not sure, you're not comfortable touching your pet doing that, if they're not holding the leg up entirely, grab a photo or a video, ideally a video of them walking. And you can send that in on a telemedicine consult, or you can show that to the veterinarian when you're in the office to be like, hey, this is what I saw. And it can help us to put some of those pieces of the puzzle together. You know, a lot more times now we're doing things with curbside care uh, due to the pandemic. So there has to be that transfer of information that sometimes we kind of take for granted when we have everybody in the same room at the same time. Now, you mentioned before with curbside veterinary care, again, that's probably going to only last maybe a few more weeks to months, we hope. But does that mean if my dog normally goes to rehab that they're not going to be able to go or what's going to happen? Far from it, actually. With that one, we've been able to get most of our patients in, depending on the state that you're in and the regulations, but a lot of our patients, we've been able to keep them going in their rehab. We can't always have their parents down here to do it, but we can guide them through and we may post videos and share photos of what their activities and success stories are. And so we can keep them moving and get them on their recovery, whether it's from spinal cord surgery or torn ACL. We can put those types of things together. And what I actually work with with my clients is we get them a video guided home exercise program. So they have a follow along app that they can use on their tablet or laptop or phone. And it shows them exactly what we need them to be doing at home. Either if it's something simple like walking around the house and stepping up and stepping down off of one little step or teaching owners how to do 
massage and other techniques that can help their pets to feel better. Great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Brunke. Now, I will say, again, I do see a lot of lame dogs coming in. It's usually a really obese Labrador retriever that's been limping on the back leg for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, he can't bear any weight. And I will say, at the ER vet, to me, it's usually what we call a torn cruciate, which is very similar to the football injury that football players get when they tear their ACL. So very, very similar. This is really common in Labrador retrievers and again, compounded and made worse by obesity. And the average quote, ACL surgery is often several thousands of dollars. And the other bad thing I see is once the other leg is fixed, they end up bearing so much weight on the other leg that they end up getting an ACL injury in the other leg. So when in doubt, you always want to make sure that your dog or cat isn't overweight or is getting enough exercise just so they don't have that extra strain on their muscles and joints. And so we can avoid that costly, expensive surgery to their knee, which could result in osteoarthritis down the line. Now we'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, I'll admit it. As a veterinarian, I don't brush my dog's teeth as much as I'm supposed to, but my dog loves chewing on treats. So why not give him a dental treat that offers more? Daily Dose is a two-in-one dual benefit dog chew that supports dental hygiene and full body health. With Daily Dose, your dog gets a daily dental scrub and powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by veterinarians to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. It comes in four types, available for joint, skin, heart health, and calming. What I like about them? They have ingredients that I'd recommend as a veterinarian, and they're made in the USA. To help keep your dog healthier and happier, try Daily Dose, because one chew a day may keep the veterinarian away. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code ERVET. That's E-R-V-E-T. It's more than a treat. It's a treatment. One chew a day for happier, healthier dog years. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy. He was missing hair, stinky, scabby. The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We've been using DinoVite and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy, a glow and a bounce about him. You get some DinoVite, how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Really excited to be talking to Dr. Matt Brunke, who's a diplomat at the American College of Veterinary Sports Medicine and Rehabilitation. So he is the person you want to go see if your dog has chronic injuries or lameness, or if you have a dachshund who happens to have a paralyzing spinal injury. 
I should also say the dachshund is the second most common breed that I end up seeing for neurologic symptoms when all of a sudden they can't walk. And when I see this, it's really frustrating because it requires a really expensive surgery to fix that. Oftentimes, our neurologist recommends follow-up rehabilitation sessions just to help improve the neurologic function and the muscular function afterwards. Now, is there anything else at home that I can do to help my pet, especially if I may not be able to get to a rehab session or there may not be one in my area or if I can't afford it? Absolutely. You know, we can do a lot with these kids. And I always tell owners, you know, whether unless we admit them to the hospital for our team to care for 24-7, the majority of the recovery is really up to the owners and, and that responsibility of doing things at home, doing some homework. So spending some time with your pet early on on those recoveries is something just as simple as making sure that they're in their crate, that they have a nice clean, dry bed, and they've got food and water and they're getting their meds. But then after that, what I start to do is build in short, simple things. Neurological recovery, these kids don't have a lot of strength. They get really fatigued and really tired doing things that we kind of take for granted, like standing up and standing still for 30 seconds before we have, they have to lay down. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll set a timer on the owner and we'll say, hey, check out your pet every hour, have them see if they can stand up. Can they walk five or 10 steps? Can they do things for their food? So we don't just give them a big meal. We can take that meal and use it throughout the day as motivation to get them to accomplish some simple stretching on their own, some basic balance exercises that they can do. And we incorporate a lot of the things we find around the house. So for dachshunds, first we have them start on a yoga mat so that it's nice and traction and they can get their feet in the right position and not slip underneath. And as they get stronger and they progress, I may have them start to balance on like a couch cushion or a throw pillow. So it challenges them a little bit more and they start to build up all those fine motor muscles that they need to get around the house and wreck good dachshund havoc. Wonderful. Thank you so much. The last part I wanted to ask you about are joint supplements. Now, I know this is a multi-million, if not multi-billion dollar industry in both human and veterinary medicine. But a lot of times when I ask a pet owner at the ER vet, oh, is your dog on any medication? They'll often say, oh, yeah, I started him on X, Y, and Z within the past six months because he was starting to get lame. Do you mind just giving us a little bit of information about what we need to know when it comes to joint supplements? Should we be starting them early in life? Should I be starting them as my pet starts to age? Are they safe? Can I take them with other medications? Is there a difference between the ones that my vet is selling versus the ones that I can get at a pet store? Give me the 411 when it comes to joint supplements. Uh, this is a, something we could talk about for a couple of hours, but uh, to condense it down, the simple facts are is that joint supplements are what are considered nutraceuticals, and those are not regulated by the FDA on either the human side or the animal side. So there's a lot of things out there that are not regulated. We don't know their source. We don't know their purity. We don't know their efficacy. What I do in those cases is I go back to being a good nerd. You know, I go on Bet Girl, I go on my sites, and I start to read, see where my research shows me what's showing us the best results. And the thing about those joint supplements is they're not the quick fix. So when your pet's in pain, you want to check in with your veterinarian and get appropriate, safe pain medications. We obviously don't want them in the ER for other things, so we don't want them taking Advil or Tylenol or things like that. We have to really be safe. But the joint supplements are designed to start early and be preventative 
in preventing cartilage damage. Uh, so we want to take them early in life. We want to realize that they're going to take about 60 to 90 days to start seeing effects. And that's two to three months. So when your pet's sore on a Friday afternoon, better check in with your vet because the joint supplement will kick in about a six weeks to eight weeks later. And that's going to take some time. The ones that have the most research right now that have shown the most benefit are things like omega-3 fatty acids, but those need to be from cold water, wild-caught fish. And the doses on omega-3s vary if you're taking it for your skin or you're taking it for joints. And joints need about 15 to 20 times more omega-3s than our skin does. So we have to be careful about what we're dosing it at. But omega-3s, what are called avocado and soybean unsaponifiables or ASUs, those are derivatives of those plants that have been shown to be beneficial in, in providing pain relief in the long run and protecting cartilage. And then other new stuff that's out there like eggshell membrane and undenatured type 2 collagen are some of the newer ones, but the research on the veterinary side has, and the human side on those has been very promising. So I always look for those I look for ones that I get a recommendation from my veterinarian on because we want to have a team approach on these. We want to know that we're safe. None of these, even though they're just quote unquote supplements, you know, if we overdose on them, if our pet's like, oh, they're really tasty, let me eat the whole bag, then they're usually going to wind up in the ER and really, really sick. And so we want to do our best to be as safe and as prudent as possible. Great information. You're right. It can be very, very complex. And I will say the majority of the time you should never give any kind of over-the-counter medication that you take to your pet without consulting your veterinarian or the ASPC Animal Poison Control Center. I will also say very rarely there are some glucosamine-like products that if ingested in massive amounts have very, very, very rarely been associated with liver damage when ingested acutely. So again, when in doubt, contact your vet or the ASPCA Animal Poison Control Center if you're not sure. And I just wanted to reiterate that important point that Dr. Brunke brought up. When in doubt, these joint supplements help before your pet has developed osteoarthritis, while there's still healthy cartilage there, not when all the cartilage is worn away. So when in doubt, you want to start it sooner. And a lot of these are really benign. They're really helpful. I'm a huge believer that you should also be taking omega fatty acids, the two-legged people in your family. So no, this isn't an infomercial, but I will say I personally love Nordic Naturals and that's what I take for both myself and my dog. Uh, but when in doubt, talk to your veterinarian about it because there's a lot of great options. I will also say just last week at the ER vet, I had an owner who was about to euthanize their dog and it was because their dog had a hard time getting up, had a hard time laying down. They weren't enthusiastic about playing anymore. And it's so important to be aware there are very safe veterinary non-steroidal anti-inflammatories out there. And when I asked them, I said, hey, is your dog on X, Y, or Z drug? They're like, oh, no, I've never tried it. Totally worth talking to your vet about. Some dogs literally within a couple of days are acting like puppies again um, just because they're sore. Now, Dr. Brunke, last question. Can I do a telemedicine rehabilitation consult? Is that even available out there? We've been adjusting, right? I think the great thing about veterinarians and veterinary technicians is that we are constantly uh, improvising when we have to. So is a telemedicine consult available? For sure. Is it as gives us as much information as a hands-on consult? Probably not, but it can le at least give us some good steps to go forward. What I have to do is teach owners kind of how to be my hands. So for things like that, I say, well, feel both legs at the same time. Do you feel a difference between both legs when they're standing? Is one skinnier 
or is one more swollen? Squeeze and pet. When you pet your pet, you really shouldn't get them to cry out. So if you're gently petting something and they try to bite you or they pull away their leg, then that's their way of telling us that they hurt. So that's sometimes we can do that through a telemedicine consult and get some ideas on where to go. Telemedicine can also help because I can just watch them walk. So if you've got you know, a camera down low at the height of the animal and we watch them walk away from the camera and towards it and in different directions, that can help. And to tie back to trying to figure out, you know, are they overweight or not? I have owners that will teach them how to do a body condition score. And the perineal one is by far my favorite, but I have to teach owners how to do it. And so what I tell them is, well, make a fist with your one hand and rub your finger over your knuckles because that's what your pet's rib cage should feel like. You should have that rise and fall in between each rib, just like your knuckles. And so if the pet doesn't have that, if you're kind of like pushing down through all that uh, extra fat to find those ribs, then that's where our pets carry their extra weight. They usually don't carry it over their their hips and, and those types of areas. So I'll teach owners how to do stuff. We'll try to get some feedback through a telemedicine consult, and then we'll try to tie it together. You know, one of the ones that I try to get owners because there's so much information out there that's unreliable. You know, we don't want you guys being out there using Google, try to find out what's what's not right out there. But for good, reliable sources, one of the ones that I like a lot for our movement disorders is a real one called caninearthritis.org. This was put together as a free site for clients, pet parents, and veterinary teams to get a ton of information available about rehab that you can be doing at home or things that might be available in the office. So we try to loop that all together for our telemedicine options as we need to do it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Fantastic information. When in doubt, if you feel like your dog or your cat is still having issues with lameness or pain or back pain or neurologic problems, you can always self-refer to a sports medicine doctor or rehab doctor. So if you feel like your needs aren't being met by your veterinarian, when in doubt, again, you can always self-refer and make an appointment. Please know that there's lots of options out there, whether or not it's with nutraceuticals or, you know, joint protection medications to pharmacology medications that are prescription medications from your veterinarian. Our goal as veterinarians is to make sure that your pet is pain-free and comfortable. And remember, the easiest way for you to also do that is to make sure that they're not overweight, that they're getting good environmental enrichment, that they're exercising, and that they're at an ideal body weight and not overweight. Well, Dr. Brunke, thank you so much for this fantastic information. For more information, you can definitely check out where he practices at veterinary surgical centers at vscvets.com. Thank you again so much. Thanks, Dr. Lee. I really appreciate it. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time. And again, we want to thank Dr. Matt Brunke and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.